Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We are tonight's entertainment. Welcome to the Discerning Gamer Podcast. Your premium destination for all things gaming culture. We have the latest in gaming news, reviews of the hottest new games, discussion and analysis of the games of yesteryear. When you're short on time and need your gaming fix, look no further than the crew who know their master chief from their master sword. I love Halo. Your hosts, Joel, Simon, Casey, and Ferg. So toss a coin to your Witcher and answer that call of duty. It's time to level up. This is the Discerning Gamer Podcast. Yes, running from humans infected with the cordyceps fungus, trying to escort one immune girl to a hospital run by the Fireflies. This is the Discerning Gamer Podcast. I'm your host, Joel JB Fury, and with me, as always, we have the DG crew, starting with the PC gamer, the Sultan of Steam. He's the best-selling podcaster of 2022, which is why the Discerning Gamer picked him up for an absolute steal. It's Fergus Fergamon Hamilton. Welcome to the show, Fergus. <laughs> oh, JB, how are you, mate? I um, feel like I'm living well. a bit in the, uh, the Last of Us universe at the moment, but uh, it's good to be here. Yes, well, you've got the real-world equivalent of the uh, cordyceps uh, plague. Uh, so, uh, yes, hope hope you're Keep doing you well, mate. When my head starts sprouting into a flower-type arrangement, yes, <laughs> yes, we must be aware of that. Also, so pretty. Also with us this week, so the gaming much. chef, the Earl of Emotional Damage. Much like Level Five, he's returning to the West, the Old West, wearing nothing but cowboy boots, leather chaps. And a cowboy hat. It's Simon Steely McLaughlin. Welcome to the show, Steely. Mm, good afternoon, good evening, and good night, everybody. It's very, very nice to only be in that attire and just let it all hang out. Yes. Well, Pass yum. Into the ass. Much to my <laughs> wife's disgust. <laughs> or not. Uh, also uh, with us, uh, the Nintendo Queen, uh, disappointing hordes of Nintendo fans hoping to join next-gen console gamers by telling them all there's, quote, no new Nintendo console coming now or anytime soon. It's uh, Pistol <laughs> Pete herself. Uh, Casey C-Mac McLaughlin, welcome to the show, C-Mac. Thanks, Joel. That was a very well-timed shot, so yeah. thank you for that. I appreciate on, it. On point this week. This very, shot. very good. Yes, shot. Uh, <laughs> old, uh, old quick draw, hey? Yeah, on, yeah, on the money. Right, very good. Well, uh, bloody hell, this week um, there's there's been a lot of bloody controversy pouring out of the, the interwebs uh, about uh, a very much anticipated new game uh, that we're all sort of looking out for, which is Hogwarts Legacy. So have we yes. all have we all heard about this controversy going on? Yes. Nice. Yes. Yep. I have. All right. Well, tell, let me let me. me let me give you the four one one. So, uh, Hogwarts Legacy critics are using Steam to protest the game. So, releasing for PC, PlayStation Five, and Xbox Series consoles in less than a month's time, Hogwarts Legacy hype is rising and rising. At the same time, it's a game that is snared in controversy thanks to the problematic leanings of Harry Potter author J.K. Rowling. 
So while Rowling's work was used as the foundation for this 19th century version of the magical school, Warner Brothers stated that she is not involved in any way in its development. Still, the purchase of Hogwarts legacy has been seen by some to be a show of support for her transphobic opinions and accused anti-Semitism. Seemingly, fans fell into two camps, extremely excited or cynical to the point where they'll try to undermine the game's chances of success. So the option of review bombing the game isn't possible for its detractors, so what they did was add nonsensical user-assigned tags to Hogwarts Legacy's listing on Steam. Uh, at the top of the pile, we've got the standard magic, fantasy, open world, and adventure and RPG tags. However, as spotted by Games Radar, uh, the previous instances of Hogwarts Legacy's listing had things like villain protagonist, capitalism, not safe for work, World War II, <laughs> and psychological horror. Um, they've since been deleted, uh, but you don't need immense detective skills to twig the intention behind the deed. Uh, villain protagonist could arguably apply as Hogwarts Legacy is allowing players to inflict unforgivable curses on others and choose their own path in the battle uh, between the central characters. So you could potentially play through as a villain. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's... Um, yeah, so so that's that's obviously the first part of it, but then there's actually a second part uh, to this story where Hogwarts Legacy has been dealt another blow on one of the major forums for video games and entertainment as the website's management has elected to ban any further discussion of the game less than three weeks before it's expected to release. So Hogwarts Legacy, again, J.K. Rowling... Um, transphobia, um, all of these uh, things that she's been sort of uh, coming out and, and discussing online and Twitter and in her personal blog post. Um, and apparently a lead designer on Hogwarts Legacy left due to past anti-fem and pro-gamergate posts that were discovered. Um, so, look, I... Um, I want to put this out there, right? This is this may or may not be a uh, popular opinion, but do we think it's fair for the game Hogwarts Legacy to be uh, boycotted or um, protested against simply because J.K. Rowling, who authored the books and you know obviously imagined the world of Harry Potter? Um, has said things that that have angered many people you know, out in the community, um, or should the game and everything associated with it be sort of viewed in isolation from from those comments and and J.K. Rowling's opinions? What yeah, look, um, this is a really hard subject because I, you know, I don't know if you've seen the stuff that's been coming out about Justin Roiland in the last week as well. It, I think that um, to want to boycott an entire, th this is similar to when we were talking about Helena Taylor way back, to boycott an entire project or to want it to fail purely because you don't agree with somebody's opinion. Um, I, I get that it's an opinion that it does not have 
any taste to it. I mean, the, the world is progressing. We, I think, need to be an inclusive society and care about the people that um, are in the position of, you know, the LGBTQ community. But to sit there and then decide that it's all right to just completely disregard all the people that have put so much love, time and effort into creating something for us to enjoy um, that is just purely based on this world. And you cannot deny that it is an incredible world that's been created. Yeah, um, absolutely. You know, we still we still listen mm. to Michael Jackson's music. You know, at the end of the day, the world still celebrates the fact that Michael Jackson was a genius, regardless of whether or not you believe he did the things that he did. And we still celebrate people like Elvis Presley, even though he was completely and utterly addicted to drugs and probably was a bit abusive in his life. Uh, you know, like things like this. I, I think that to celebrate creativity is is incredibly important. To then, there's got to be a line drawn though from whether or not you know you separate somebody from their personal life with the creations that they make um because at the end of the day i think that um obviously it's not a nice thing that she's come out and said the things that she has said but there are so many other people involved now that are bringing this to us from a place of love and want us to have an experience that we've never had before in a world that is loved by so many people and that cannot be argued with and so i think that it's really harsh i think we need to you know stick to our guns with the game and obviously celebrate the people that have created it um and obviously it's it's a topic that we should all be talking about is still wanting to include everyone and and mm. be inclusive as a society yeah i mean yeah i my my big problem with this whole thing whilst i don't don't agree with jk rowling's um comments about uh trans people and all of that that's not not an opinion that i share with her um mm. my big problem is this this idea of cancel culture that someone can say something and then all of a sudden everything associated with that person is now consigned to the bin and no one yeah. is allowed to enjoy it anymore you know and it's it, it, even though her comments are in pretty poor taste and have obviously offended a lot of people, um, I look at it and say, "Well, she hasn't actually committed any any crimes here." You know, she's. It's not like um, like the musician Gary Glitter who came out and you know had had been. Um, I think he was a pedophile and all of that, and, and so he'd actually committed a crime. There were you know, people that had suffered as a result of what he was up to. So mm. you think, oh, well, I don't want to listen to his music anymore because he's a criminal and he's done something really heinous. And it's like, well, even if you think J.K. Rowling's comments are a bit heinous and I feel like anybody has the right to feel that way about it if, if they if they really want to, um, <clears throat> I don't think it's... I don't think it's fair... <coughs> excuse me, to basically wipe now Harry Potter from from the collective consciousness of the world and say no one is allowed to have anything to do with it anymore um, and mm. associating yourself with it or buying any product associated with Harry Potter or anything like that makes you just as bad or part of the problem. I 
I don't agree with that sentiment. And so I'm still going to buy the game. I'm a fan of the Harry Potter franchise. My daughter's a fan of the Harry Potter franchise. And we are just simply going to enjoy the game on the level of being fans of the Harry Potter franchise. And that is completely, in my opinion, set apart from any of the comments that JK Rowling has made or, you know, her opinions on on things that exist outside of the Harry Potter universe. Well said. Here, here. I agree 100%. I really don't have too much to add um, to both what you guys are saying. Other than that, yeah, I'm looking forward to playing this game when it comes out. And <clears throat> outside of the creation of the Harry Potter universe, you know, JK Rowling's had nothing to do with this game at all as far as um, the direction of it and involved with the company. So regardless if you buy this game or you don't, she's already on a pedestal, which is, um, you know, it's not going to make any difference and she can continue to say what she believes in and, um, yeah. At the end of the day, they're just opinions. None of us have to agree with them. None of us have to... This is... is... That's exactly right. And, you know, this is a thing that bugs me about uh, the world today as well. (laughs) Um. Fucking everyone's offended all the time, mm-hmm. like about everything. And I, I get that, that you know, it, it's not a nice thing. And and that's again, that's my opinion because I don't feel like it's a, it's a nice thing that she's talking about either. I think yeah, I think it's awful. But everybody has an opinion, and uh, I think that um, you know, it, it's. It's a hard line to tread because for us, I mean, there's no, none of us here that live the lives that that you know the transgender community do, and for us to then comment on that, um, you know, in a way, it almost seems like we're not we're not valid and we're not uh, able to because we do not live that life, um, and but uh, you know, there's always a part of me that thinks that in culture today, there's always somebody wanting to be offended and it's a hard thing to deal with i think uh, it's like um you know we want to like you said jb cancel culture is just a bit of a it's an over-the-top way of dealing with it um but yeah look i i think um everyone uh is well within their rights to call someone out um on mm. on saying something offensive or or you know rude or whatever um by all means, you know, uh, say to that person, nah, that's not okay, you know, you shouldn't be saying that sort of thing, right? And I think mm-hmm. everyone's well within their rights to do that. But what I don't think is that then, you know, that person's, you know, life, career, everything just gets shut down because of one comment or one opinion or, or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think that the punishment fits the crime so to speak and uh yeah, yeah i you know i i do wonder though simo like obviously you're not a trans person but if there was something specific mm. about you that she had targeted let's say um she just comes out and says I fucking hate redheads everyone with red hair <laughs> sucks you know they're the scum of the earth they all deserve to be you know lined up and shot would that change your opinion? Because it's more something that's you know that that's about you. It's something that you relate to because it's something that you are, something that you experience. Would that change your opinion? 
Well, and I again, it's a very different set of circumstances, but no. Um, in my mind, I'm not consciously offended at everything that is said about me or to me. I, I'm I'm the kind of person, though, that I turn a lot to self-deprecation to stop myself from being offended by people because I offend myself. So, um, you know, that, that's something that I've done uh, for a long time as a, as a way of, of coping with uh, bullying when I was growing up or coping with um, not being confident in myself and just kind of picking on it. And, and, and even in some of my songwriting, I do it, you know, and it's just, I think that, um, I mean, if she was to come out and incite things like you should kill everyone that is this person or they should all be shot and, and killed and they should be dead. Okay. Obviously that's, you know, that's, that's awful. That's an awful thing to say. And that's inciting something that's inciting people that maybe are followers of her to go ahead and do something terrible. Um, but I mean, yeah, I just, if it was just like, I hate redheads, I've never known a good redhead. I'd be like, Oh, well, Good on you. Great opinion. It's very, very, you know, it's very uh, like uh, uneducated, obviously, because oh, yeah. I'm a great redhead, but I lost it all. So, you know, it's on my chin now. Uh, <laughs> I, you know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah, I don't know. I yeah. just, yeah. Well, the, like, other, the other thing as well that I'm reminding myself of, this is, yes, it's in a JK Rowling inspired world, but this is Avalanche Studios games. And I would hazard to guess that majority, if not everyone, um, that's been working on this game is not inclusive of everyone. So I agree mm. with what you're saying, Joel, to to boycott anything that's seen any kind of JK Rowling inspiration. Um, it's just going to affect some people that are just going to get caught up in it, which I don't think is fair either. So, Well, think about yeah, it from it, this... It is a tricky one. Yeah, I think, think about it from this point of view. So Warner Brothers owns the the film game and all the the rights to the wizarding world so yes jk rowling gets a royalty check when they use her intellectual property but but the the rights to all of this are firmly owned by warner brothers now warner brothers have come out and said in a statement that they don't agree with support or you know have anything to do with the comments made by jk rowling and, you know, they're supportive of inclusive culture and all, all that sort of thing. So Warner Brothers said it. Avalanche Studios have come out and said the same thing. Um, you know, so these these people have just taken the Wizarding World um, and, and all of the sort of elements that make that up and they're trying to turn that into something that can be enjoyed by people who are fans of the Harry Potter series. You know, you don't see... Uh, people coming after the the people that made Lego Harry Potter and trying to, you know, have them run out of town or, or whatever. So look, um, I think I think I can safely speak for all of us here at the Discerning Gamer to, and say, Avalanche Studios, we we stand with you, we support you, we're all planning on buying your game because we think it looks really good. And we're going to enjoy it. And um, J.K. Rowling's opinions can go suck a big fat one, basically. Just fucking uh, stick it. It's ready for pre-install, what if you call it now, as well. We're that close, guys. Yes. It's oh, so this game close. coming out. I can, can positively um, taste yeah. it. We, we watched a small... Um, 
cinematic trailer. Cinematic trailer the other day, and I was like, oh, when is this coming out? And then I saw. Mm. February tenth. I was like, "What? That's in like two weeks." <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. We're getting we're getting close now. So uh, I tell you what, every everyone here, strap yourselves in because uh, we're about to uh, take a trip um, to uh, Hogwarts. So enjoy I can feel it. My saliva Absolutely. glands fucking expanding. Oh, I'm this. I'm I'm getting a little bit wet in the downstairs region just thinking about it. Um, oh, man. oh boy. Um, this is, however, this one's this one is exciting for the DG crew as well because I think this will be the first game, maybe ever that we're all playing on day one. Yeah, maybe. yeah. Well, well, stray maybe are we counting stray. I reckon we've all but got maybe one uh, of the real big AAA games. We've all got pre-orders in for it. I'm I'm pretty sure. Um, yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, it's it's going to be good. And I read another little tidbit today. Now this is a bit of a rumor, not confirmed, but allegedly an insider from mm-hmm. Avalanche Games have said that uh, Avalanche are already working on the first DLC pack. Or Hogwarts Legacy, and guess what it is? It's Quidditch. It's bloody Quidditch. So uh, told you, Bazinga. motherfuckers, didn't I? Yeah. So there <laughs> you bloody you. go. Didn't I tell you? Yeah. Told you, didn't I? Yeah. I'm an industry there insider is. now. Everyone told you. Oh. So You've never been around Steely. Hold your bloody horses, <laughs> hey? There are those horses. Oh, they're, oh, they're on time. Oh, wow. Yeah. Sound bites have caught up this week. Yeah, they have. We're, we're not buffering anymore. Maybe it's your internet, Ferg, that's uh, yeah, maybe. slowing the whole process down. This is the down. way of the future. Maybe. It's my uh, 200 megabyte super expensive connection, which is not doing it for us. Yeah, well. Anyway. You know. The ball's hardened. <laughs> All right. Well, uh on that note, uh, let's let's move on uh, from from the Harry Potter world for now. And we're going to throw over to Ferg for a bit of news uh, this week um, about, well, uh, the sales of a particular video game. Uh, fill us in, Ferg. What, what are we looking at? That's exactly it. I mean, a small video game which has just made its way onto the uh, big screen, do we call it? The smaller screen inside of your house? Yeah. Um, screen. Yeah, the medium screen. screen. Yeah. Yeah, so as we sort of speculated last week, and as I mentioned, I'd be interested to see what the uh, what the reaction was to the TV show. The sales of The Last of Us games have skyrocketed since the HBO series. So, look, hmm. it's no secret, um, The Last of Us TV series, it's doing incredibly well for itself. Um, every review that I've seen for the game has been it's getting critical acclaim. Um, with two episodes in and everyone's loving it um not only is it's getting some really really good reviews um it's had record-breaking viewership numbers as well so the first episode i think for hbo it is their second highest ever viewed tv show um so wow. i think they had Boyaza. 10 10 million people watch the first episode in the first two days um and then obviously obviously it's just coming second to the house of the dragons which is another small um hbo game of thrones spin-off you might have heard of so anyway mm. um and uh yeah, how, so how many stats. viewers did uh, microsoft get for their friggin piece of shit halo tv show oh man emotional <laughs> damage 
I can't remember the, uh, <clears throat> the facts oh, on that one, JB. But let's see Microsoft convert <laughs> a few more of their first-party uh, properties to the small screen. Hey, mm. well, this is what everyone's saying. It's like everyone's dubbing this as the best adaptation <laughs> of all time, and everyone's like, "Why the fuck, like Halo?" And I think why Last of Us is. I think Simon hit the nail on the head last week. This is spoiler-free zone. No spoilers. But what the game does is it stays very true to the video games, from what I've seen, but it also adds in all this filler, which makes it even better. Yeah, so we're, we're fleshing out that world. Was, yeah. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. right. Where Halo, they yeah. did so, so many things, which was like off-canon. They like showed Master Chief's hair, face. He was like having sex in episodes. It was, it was just <laughs> what, so geez, weird. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So was like, as good as JB's yeah. idea to have a Deathclaw fucking a, a ghoul or whatever it was in Fallout yeah. 5 yeah. when it comes out. <laughs> Correct. That's <laughs> no, coming. So anyway, it's uh, it's been interesting to see that as well, some of the backlash and conversations around. So this is what it actually is like to do a good adaptation and how come to date everyone's done such a shitty job. So anyway, some numbers. Mm. So from gamesindustry.biz, which is in the UK, Box sales for The Last of Us Part 1 on PlayStation 5 jumped a whopping 250% in the first week with the PS4 version of the game, The Last of Us Remastered, seeing an even bigger spike of nearly 350%. So everyone's rushing out to buy the game, even the older PS4 versions, which is interesting. So Mm. meanwhile, local local stores, shores rather, Amazon sales charts show The Last of Us Part 1 um, sitting in the fifth spot in the PS5 sales at the moment. The Last of Us 2 Part 2 has cracked the top spot in the PS4 games. And The Last Shut of Us Remastered <laughs> is also mm. squeezed in the top 10 as well. So mm. every game in the series across the PS4 and PS5 is now back in the charts right. all over the world. So Well, it's hardly yeah, surprising. Weird. I mean, the same thing happened with The Witcher when, uh, you know, The Witcher show came out and uh, Season 2 of that but in particular came out. I mean, sales of The Witcher went through the roof again, didn't they? Um, yeah. And that show is amazing. It was, yeah, for sure. It was it Cyberpunk Edge Runners last year as well? Yeah, it drove a lot of or traffic another... back to back to CD Projekt Red. So, yeah, yeah I mean. So that's it. Um, it's, it's interesting now too because there's a lot of people coming out and saying, well, we've converted one – one naughty dog property to a, a show that's amazing and award winning and you know critically acclaimed. You know what what the hell happened with Uncharted? You know yeah. <laughs> that just turned into oh a train my wreck. God. We haven't even watched it, Simon. No, but I mean we don't even want to. Why the hell is Tom Holland Nathan okay. Drake? <laughs> and why the fuck is Mark Wahlberg Sully? <laughs> Give me a break, yeah, please. Would you please? <laughs> Oh my god! Didn't make didn't make much sense. So, uh, yeah. Fuck it. Yes. Oh. Anyway, so well, we'll just yeah, watch this space and see what happens. And I think I mentioned it last week as well. For PlayStation Plus, I think Deluxe Tier is that the highest one. I think it's called in Australia Deluxe yeah. Tier. Yep. There is a two. It's either two or three hour free demo up now of The Last of Us One, the remastered version on PS Five. If you wanna. Go and try before you buy as well, which is which is cool. So, well, yeah, and monster kill, kill, kill. which, which <laughs> I I have downloaded. So I've been meaning to play that at some point as well, just to see what the fuss is about. You know, just do it. 
Oh, I think you'll enjoy it, mate. Nike, mate. <laughs> well, if it's half as good as the TV show, it's going to be a fantastic game. So, the TV show is that good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I started playing it at a time when I was really sort of burnt out on the whole concept of zombie games, you know, the Left for Dead and mm. Days Gone and um, all, all of those sorts of things. Like, And so I, I didn't really know what I was going to get out of the whole thing, but I bloody loved it. Um, mm. And, yeah, it's because it's not just this mindless zombie shooter type game. It really, there is a lot of thought behind it and, the zombies mm. and clickers and all of that really are only playing a small part of the story compared to everything that's going on, which that's right. I think it's more so about the interactions of the various human surviving factions and all the their experience and everything they go through more so than what it is about the, the infected uh, people. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Can't wait for next yeah. week. Yeah, <laughs> we fantastic. Watched, we watched it and we're like, wow, that was an hour. Are you kidding me? Like Where did that go? Episode. Yeah, well. Um, off the back of that, Ferg, um, we're going to throw over to Simon for some more Ubisoft news. <laughs> oh, no. So... <laughs> oh, Mark, have you seen this? Have you heard about this? Far out. Ubisoft. Ubisoft. Oh, my God. Here we go again. There's a lot of deja vu in the last couple of weeks. I've been just repeat stories. Here we go. E. Gilmont, everyone, or Gilmo, however you want to say his stupid fucking name. Oh, hang on. He's in the line. Emotional damage. He's a prick. In the line of fire this week, and... um. It's not because the company he runs has released nothing but duds for the last 10 years. No. It's because he's put together a memo that found its way to his employees and uh, putting, quote, the ball in their court to release games on time, basically saying that they need to work harder to meet deadlines with no compensation. Um, The Ubisoft Paris branch uh, of Digital Workers Union, it's called Solidieres Informatique, claims that uh, Gil... Gilmont, Gilmo. Oh, yeah, because there's no N in, in the part of his name. Anyway, Gilmo is uh, shifting the blame and responsibility of the studio onto the workers, um, which could basically lead to them having overtime with no compensation, uh, managerial pressure, and burnout. And not the burnout that I hope for, which is burnout revenge, because it's not made by Ubisoft. So it's just everybody yeah. basically cool, getting worn please. out. Um, they have also said to employees, this is um, Solidaria's Informatique. Uh, that they should basically strike this Friday in solidarity to fight for a 10% increase in wages. Now, I reached out to Ubisoft Paris this week to get a comment about them striking on Friday Uh um, and having the day off. And this was a comment from one of the employees that I got into contact with, JB, if you could play this for us now. Yeah, sure. It's Friday, baby. Fuck. Yeah, it's the weekend, baby. Fuck. Yeah, Friday, baby. Fuck. The weekend, baby. <laughs> Fuck. Was uh, was that the CEO, Simon, or uh, just uh, someone in the workforce? The weekend in France. It's one of the employees. Oh, okay. Gabe. <laughs> that was Gabe from Teching. Um, but anyway, uh, <laughs> guys, look, in, look, in all, <laughs> fuck. 
In all seriousness. It's Friday, baby. Oh, <laughs> uh, oh shit. Yeah. Um, look, in all seriousness, look, Ubisoft's games are rubbish. The company is in serious trouble. And now I know why. Because, look, I'd be making shit games too if I wasn't getting paid for it. Um, you know, in all honesty. Um, so what are your thoughts, guys? Fucking Ubisoft for the win. Are they, are they going to come come on top with their four-day work week they want and the 10, 10% rate, wa- raising increase in their wages? What's going on? Um, look, uh, uh, yeah. What the CEO, Mr. whatever his name was, it was it didn't deliver much of a rallying speech, did he? So the backlash is well and truly, um, it's not surprising, is it? But yeah, I don't know with Ubisoft at the moment. Um, yeah, I mean, I went and had a bit of a look. I think we were talking about the other week. We weren't even sure about what games they sort of had in the pipeline. So I did a bit of a digging up. They've got some stuff coming. But to be honest, for, for me anyway, it's not a very inspiring list. So obviously they've got Skull and Bones, which will come out maybe One at some night. point in the next 12, 12 months, maybe. I mean, they've got their Assassin's Creed games um, there's been talk about the Avatar game, which apparently is coming out this year. They've got a new Division game, which is coming out this this year as well. But you know, just looking at that list, I think what Ubisoft are sort of lacking more than anything is is something different. They just they seem like they're just rolling out the same stuff every year. Like we've had mm-hmm. six Far Cry games, and they've really just been iterations on top of each other. Um, like Skull and Bones, it looks like like you're saying a Sea of Thieves mod. Someone's already done this. Assassin's Creed. You know, it went through, I, I thought, quite a good iteration of games, but now it's become a bit big and bloated and stale with Valhalla. But now they're essentially going to go back to what they released, you know, previously anyway, like a small and condensed, and condensed version. I think they really need something new, something different. They need some new IP or something because, yeah, I think they're struggling and just looking at what's to come. There's nothing on that list that I'm really excited about, like, to play another Assassin's Creed game, regardless of how good it is. I've already sort of been there and done that. Skull and Bones, just with more delays, I'm losing interest in. You know, The Division, I've played the first and second one. They're good games, but is the third one going to be any different than the first two? Um, Yeah, I don't know. Not excited for an Avatar game. I mean, they've been talking about Beyond Good and Evil 2. It's been in the pipeline for about 25 years. That might come out, but I don't know. What do you guys reckon? I just don't think there's anything there that's really just it's that's going to kick them to another level, kind of thing. They're just, yeah, they've been playing it safe for too long, and I think it's starting to bite them in the bum. I think, yeah, that uh, Ubisoft needs to either be absorbed by someone so they have uh, maybe some some more money behind them. They need to lose Eve Gilmo as the CEO. I mean. Let's be honest. I don't think he's done a lot of good for that company. He's, I mean, uh, to, to be quite he's been frank, there since you know, inception. But he's a fucking like. Can you tell him how it's a steep decline? Not in it. He's not in it anymore. Bloody! Once you've re- once you've said once you've cleared the clearance on the twenty fifth Assassin's Creed game, that's a, a piece of shit. You've lost touch. Get out, E. Um, go give somebody else a go. But you know, I just think that um, they need some serious help. Uh, and and look, there is a portion of this that is sad. Like we were saying before, there are so there are hundreds of people that are trying their best every day to make good games and not succeeding because they're not being paid properly. And I think that that's just 
fucked up. I mean, you know, the it's getting harder and harder to pay for things these days. There's people need money, you know. Yeah, um, wow. so, more gold is required. Hundred and ten percent. Power to the people. I reckon. Uh, I hope they do strike on Friday and have a sausage sizzle out the front of Ubisoft with a couple of signs and maybe a couple of white claws and and just get it on. Get what they want. You have the CEO looking out his window at the striking employees below and then just listening to the internal dialogue in his own head. It was at this moment that he knew he fucked up. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> yes. Oh, 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 shit. Well, thanks very much for that Ubisoft news, Simon. It's, uh, yes, I'm, I'm a little bit sorry yeah, to hear about sizzle. Uh, everything going on down there. Hopefully, they enjoy the sausage sizzle. Uh, but uh, mm-hmm. oh. yeah, never mind. Be a, a big sausage sizzle. I think you said a couple of hundred people, Steely. I'm looking at. Fuck. You believe they're wicked? He has no page. idea. They've got twenty thousand, nearly twenty and a half thousand employees as of 2021. Oh. So, um, someone wow. playing them is is going to be an interesting. Apparently, they've got two dollars, two billion dollars worth in equities. So. I don't know. Oh, that's a big sausage sizzle. Yeah, but that is a big sausage. You know, sizzle. That's a Bunnings worthy one. That's most of Paris's sausages. Well, maybe if <laughs> the uh, if the Activision merger falls through, maybe Microsoft can acquire Ubisoft. Microsoft will buy them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. but then PlayStation will cry again. It's like we will never get it. Oh, and then they'll realize, oh, it's actually a piece of shit franchise. We don't yeah. care if we, we get don't it. make any revenue from uh, Ubisoft anyway. So fuck it. <laughs> All right, well, that leads us into our <laughs> weekly patented game show. Double to game show? Questions you have for us Coming to you live from Studios. <laughs> yes, it's the novelty segment for this week which I accidentally called a game show. It is TV shows that should be a game this week. Uh, Yeah, so uh, we're going to talk about TV shows that we've watched and gone, fuck, this would be good as a game. Um, And so who'd like to lead off the proceedings? (laughs) You want want to kick things off, uh, Casey? Yeah, I'll go. All right. What do you got? Well, I mainly watch comedy, so this was a bit tricky. But Simon um gave me a good idea for one. Better Call Saul. Mm. Who's watched that? Mm. Mm. I I haven't. Yes. I've only watched Breaking Bad. But uh, talk us talk, talk us through how a Better Call Saul game would work. Uh, it I don't know how it would work, but it would be. I just every time I was watching it, I thought this would make a great game. Just there's so much stealth stealth opportunities in there you know trying to sneak into because he's so dodgy as fuck this guy so you know he's so he's so dodgy and he's sneaking or he's trying to pull all these sort of heists in a way but it's such a it's such a good show because there's there's so much darkness but so much light into it as well so it would be really good in a video game because it's not all you know cartel and angry mafia people not that's mafia but you know, there's there's a lot of lightness about it. You know, when he's with Kim, his um wife, and they're doing all these stupid little money making 
what are, what are they called? Like when schemes. Schemes, little schemes. And, schemes. you know, they, they would be good as sort of side quests, I would have thought. You can pick different schemes to do to get, you know, get more money. And then you've got the main storyline, which is, you know, of him. I'm trying to remember what the show was about. <laughs> it feels like a forever ago that but we Imagine if it. you could have, like, multiple playable characters as well. So you can play as, like, Lalo and you, you can play as... <sighs> Mike Ermintrout. My initial idea, everyone, was a spin-off game about Mike Ermintrout. Casey shit-canned that and didn't even get to the fucking cutting room table. Well, <laughs> fucking hell. Well, it's not actually a Emotional damage! The game show was about TV shows that exist into video games. That doesn't exist. So it's a good idea for a video game, yeah. yeah well, we'll but anyway, that's my idea. I just thought, mm. yeah, I just think it's a great opportunity because it's got a such a strong main storyline but there are so many opportunities for really cool fun side quests and there's so many different locations in the show as well so yeah i'm just imagining this is one of those poxy telltale games you know where you say oh you know i don't get into criminal stuff and then you know gus fring frowns at you and it'll say a little message you know gus fring will remember that you know down the bottom and you know (laughs) something like that you know even playing as Playing as Gus would be really cool as well and seeing sort of, yeah, behind the scenes of what, what actually happened there and here, you know, like what they're doing in The Last of Us, they're adding in bits and pieces of things that didn't happen in the game but really is adding to the world completely. So, yeah, I think that would be a really good one. All right, well, yeah, you've got to uh, see that. You, you've got our vote of uh, confidence <laughs> for that one. Well you, done. Got, you got to watch it. You got to watch it. It's really, really, I, I, I would even say I liked Better Call Saul more than Breaking Bad. Yeah, an unpopular opinion. It is a fucking riot. That show is amazing. Yeah, it's great. Well, Better Call Saul. Do it. (laughs) Better go and watch the video game. Yeah, yeah, do it. Yeah, got it. All right. Uh, Thanks, Casey. Uh, It's a good idea. Um, What do you got, Ferg? What have I got, JB? Well, <clears throat> when I first thought of a, ga- a TV show that I'd watched recently, which I'd love to be turned into a video game, the first one that sprung across my mind was a little anime which I've gotten into over the last 12 months called Attack on Titan, which if you haven't seen, it's absolutely incredible. But to my dismay, it's actually been done. So that <laughs> one goes out the door. They released a game in 2016, which sort of followed the story of the TV show at the time. And then there was a second one in 2018. So I can't use that one. I'd love for them to do it again. And just a big triple A release of that game, because obviously Japanese RPG. um, Yeah. For those who know the TV show, I just think, you know, like the um, taking down Titans and stuff like that would be incredible. But anyway, it's been done. So I'm moving on. So my next idea was a show that I haven't finished watching, but I've seen a fair bit of in the last 12 months. And that's Peaky Blinders. Peaky Blinders, the video game. And I can just imagine after all of our discussions last week about Rockstar, I can imagine Rockstar basically doing a GTA-type game set in the universe of Peaky Blinders and obviously set in that time, um, that, you know, timepiece video games and TV shows are awesome. So Mm. um, if anyone doesn't know, Peaky Blinders is basically, I don't know, it's American crime drama, follows... Oh, no, sorry. It's British, sorry. A British crime drama which um, follows um, the Peaky Blinders who are, who are a crime gang and it basically is set in the direct aftermath of World War One, And it's really based around um, 
character called Tommy Shelby, who's played by Killian Murphy, who's unbelievable, and he's sort of leading the family into taking their um basically their little known gang into you know sort of world domination type things. So I can just imagine Rockstar taking that franchise and just doing unbelievable um, job with it. Um, the only reservation of... I have, yeah, yeah. I was just saying, Rockstar throwing a bit of by order of the Peaky Blinders. <laughs> That's it. Just, you know, countless hours of just that accent. It's gold. So I can imagine doing that. I reckon that'd be awesome. Um, the only reservation I have with sort of the Peaky Blinders is when I started, you know, thinking about this, the first thing I thought about was Mafia, which is obviously another, um, you know, super popular gaming franchise, which is set a little bit later in, in the piece, but follows a very similar sort of vein of things, just, you know, playing up the life of a mobster. But I don't know. I reckon, um, yeah, Rockstar could do an amazing job of getting a Peaky Blinders TV show into the uh, video game world for sure. Yeah, well, I'm I'm all for it. Let's let's uh, see if we can get it happening. Uh, the the Peaky Blinders video game. I don't know yeah. if Rockstar would necessarily pick that up, but certainly uh, nah. someone who uh, has a bit of experience in open world games would uh, do a good job with it. What do you reckon? Maybe well, the, uh, other, the other. Th- <clears throat> maybe we toss it over to Gorilla other- and and uh, get Ashley yeah. Birch to do. You know, uh, <laughs> <laughs> just get, get her in as uh, <laughs> as Aunt Polly. You know, or something like that. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I can see that. I don't know. It'd be the blander that- than a piece of toast <laughs> with no butter on it. That's it. <laughs> what made me think of Rockstar as well is obviously La Noir. Mm. They did. That didn't they? Oh, that was the rock. Well, they produced that. The Sydney produced it. So they've got experience in, you know, that kind of world. So, yeah. Oh, well. Peaky fucking blinders. (laughs) Excellent. All right. What what do you got for us, uh, Simo? What game would you like to see, or what TV show would you like to see turned into a game? Okay. So um, hear me out. Don't get upset. Um, this is actually a movie that was from a book, so don't get upset. Um, okay, it's not a fucking TV show, right? Don't get upset. But um, we did, we did specifically I, say TV shows, but that's yeah, okay. yeah. The so game shows are lost. Well, can you all just oh, shut shit. the fuck up and listen Here to my go idea? Okay, go. Don't be don't be mean. Um, so okay, that's my job. Um, anyway, so I. I would love to see, and I've wanted to see this for years and years, is a Hunger Games game. You fucking, fucking, you bloody, you bloody, you bloody, bastard, bitch, you fuck you, fuck you, bloody, fuck you, bloody, fucking mother, bloody, fuck, bitch. Now, you can all argue that we've got a lot of battle royales out there, and we do, don't get me wrong, but... um. This is what I think the problem with battle royales uh, in the modern age is, is that there are far too many resources available. So what I'd like to see is a Hunger Games uh, video game, which is the battle royale format, obviously. Everyone, Everyone versus everyone, but with a degree of quite similar to what the Hunger Games is like, you have limited resources. So very limited resources, more focused on a bit of hand-to-hand 
and combat in there, which I think could be implemented pretty well. Mm-hmm. And anything ranged is, again, extremely limited. Maybe weapons break as well. And then you can perhaps join little factions with other people. And then when people die as well, much like in the Hunger Games, that the the game makers can send them back in. So imagine somebody playing the game maker and changing the environment around the game. If you didn't want to participate in the one one hundred players kill everybody, um, you could you could take part as a game maker for a certain match, and mm. then you can send other players back in as beasts to kind of you know start to tear up other players to make the games could maybe progress a little faster to throw in something interesting into the mix. But because if you have your headphones on, you can hear everybody and it kind of similar to like sea of thieves, where if you're in proximity with someone, you start to hear them get closer. You could maybe try and start to develop little clicks and factions between each other. Um, you know, much like, the Hunger Games. So mm-hmm. I thought that that would be an interesting take on it because eventually, you know, one person, you know, somebody has to die. But if you, you know, create these little alliances with people as you go and then stab them in the back later, it'd be a really interesting format. And I think the format of not having as many resources to help with and, you know, being able to make it a little bit more stealth and hide a little bit more, climb the trees and get out of the way a little bit more and and really make it about absorbing the atmosphere and trying to battle against the world as well as battling against the tributes, I think it would just be a really good change-up for the Battle Royale genre, which is now, I think, just become about go and loot this chest, go and get this the best gun possible, now go and kill people. And now... You know, go get better things now, kill people, which I think would be so much more interesting if it was like, okay, well, I start off with maybe I have to go and pick between an axe or like a, a metal ball or something, like, you know, a ball on a chain or whatever. And and mm. the ball on the chain will kill somebody really quickly, like I could, a couple of hits kill them. But, you know, it's really slow, but the axe, like I have to hack a bit more and it might take some time, might break easier. Like, to, to add a bit of that strategy in, in, into it, I think would be really, really interesting and a great world to do it in as well. Um, and then also having like online leaderboards where you can choose your district as well. So you can be from, you know, you might get put into a district at the start of when you log into the game. And then depending on which district's doing better, you know, you pop up on a leaderboard that goes, um, you know, maybe each month there's different rewards that can be for different skins based on what leaderboard you are. Obviously it would be a a really profitable live service method, but I think that if you were to pay for it once and just get a a really sick sort of all comprehensive game, I'd just be there. I'd fucking be there a lot. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah. So you know, what's uh, missing from a lot of uh, current day battle royales, being able to shoot an eight-year-old girl through the eye socket with a bow and arrow and then giving it a bit of... Exactly. Yeah. Makes it okay. <laughs> oh, it makes it perfect, you know. Uh, and then you, you get the... Uh, uh, I don't know what that was. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> anyway. Good yeah. try. I like it. But, yeah. All right. I like it. Fantastic. Silly. Well, like um, you can't argue that. It's a great idea. And you all got upset with me at the start because it's not a TV show. 
We didn't. Mm. You got upset that, that we were going. Great to. idea, isn't it? Yeah, it's good. It's fantastic. Well, somebody make it. Somebody all right, all right. Now, uh, Go, what I, what I'm Hit gonna us. propose? Um, it's a it's a show. I, th- I think we've all all watched it, but I'm gonna say bloody uh, Squid Game. Now, yes. now, surely that's going to be made. Now, hear, hear me out, right? I think it needs to be an online game where you compete against other real players. So, you know, if you start off and there's like 500 people or no, uh, how many people was in the real one? 500? Yeah, because he was the, uh, the main guy remember, was like 492 or something. Wasn't no, he? he was 100. It was 100, wasn't it? Wasn't it? Okay, no, I think it was really oh, big and then it got condensed. Oh, off. I thought he was number 100 anyway. All right. Well, let's let's yeah. just say let's just say all right. Say it is a hundred people, right? So everyone starts off, and uh, you got to go through the 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 little game where where you do the recruitment. So you're just uh, you know standing in a subway or whatever. Dude comes up, oh, I'll give you fifty bucks if you can bounce this card, and yeah, you know, he ends up slapping you, you know, over and over again. You get the little business <laughs> card with the the triangle and the square and the circle on it. You know, so you go through that whole recruitment process. Then, you know, you pick your, your outfit, your look, you know, design your sort of character and all of that. Then, uh, you know, I think you get thrown in and uh, you've got all the classics. So you've got uh, red light, green light, uh, where you're standing there with a bunch of other people. And maybe uh, just to add a, an extra little element uh, in there, you can make it so that players can sabotage other players. So, like red light, green light, you're about to pause and you give another player a bit of a shove, you know, so they get caught moving and then picked off. You know, like uh, that'd be that'd be awesome. So you got uh, tug of war. Um, so maybe just for just for a laugh, you know, when you when you're doing the tug of war and you get the old mate, oh tug of war, I know this game, you know. You just you just basically <laughs> let go of the rope and let all your other teammates go flying off the edge, or I don't know, like uh, maybe maybe one of you lets go and throws something at the other team to distract them, or oh, there, there could be any any number Some of tactics. things. Imagine doing the honeycomb one with the controller trying to. It's good. Oh, this would be a Nintendo game. It would be motion controls all the way. It was a Mario Party game. It'd be like pointing fucking the Wii mote, uh, the Joy-Con to the screen and having to outline it. <laughs> The and then the honeycomb breaks, and Mario walks up to you and uh, gives you a bit of bloody uh, that right, right in the eye. <laughs> when when Joel said Squid Games, yeah, sorry. So <laughs> sad. When JB said Squid Games, the first place my mind went was like, oh, he's going to give us some Fall Guys DLC. I can imagine Squid Games being set in a similar vein as Fall Guys. Where it's yeah. sort of you know this cartoony sort of, I don't know. You guys see that as well, and it's the yeah. same thing. You're sort of trying to get through all the different um, yeah um, stages to get to the end. The premise, yeah. yeah, yeah. But obviously, the other... the... <clears throat> yeah. So in addition to first... all of that, with yeah, yeah. with you know, obviously you're going to be playing all of the different games. You know, the hopscotch with the glass panels that break, and finally the squid game itself. I reckon. Amp up the blood and guts. Throw a bit of humour in there. Uh, make it so you can deliberately sabotage or kill other players. Uh, add in so you can sneak out of the dorms at night to investigate the island. 
Um, have it so that you can deliberately start fights in the dorm at night and blame it on other people and hope that, you know, other people then end up fighting to the death, you know, because you've, you know, blamed someone else for something that you've done. Um, could be really fun and challenging, you know. I I reckon there's a lot there's a lot of meat on that bone that uh, could be mm. could be sort of uh, picked away um, beyond just playing the the individual sort of games or events. You know, it would almost mm. feel like it has a bit of like a an Among Us feel about it. You know, like mm. uh, you're kind of figuring out who's maybe who's maybe done something to to get a, a good deal or like something around the island where they've done something fucked and then you've got to find out who it is and, you know, you might get the wrong guy and then they come and stab you in the back and cha-chow, game yeah. over. Or, you know, you've got it's someone a, um, who's a, a weak link on your team and at night in the dorms you sneak up behind them and give it the old Last of Us Ellie stab in the neck and, you know, just sort mm. of <laughs> take them out so that they're not, uh, you know, the... The, the reason that your team's losing all the time. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. It's a bit like uh, Survivor, the video game where it's all around alliances and backstabbing and stuff like that. But that's an interesting mechanic as well, which would work well in your game, JB, is if people were looking at at you and being like, this fucking JB character, he's, he's dropping the rope on the tug of war. He's bloody pushing people over. We need to get rid of this guy. Yeah. So there'd be the sense of you don't want to get yourself offside with too many people because then you'll start becoming a target so there's yeah. a trade-off between you know what can i do to get ahead but also i want to keep you know a bit of a low profile or people are going to think i'm someone to get rid of yes well turn around and <laughs> get the yeah uh, get the old oh well you broke the honeycomb you fucked so yeah special. i don't know i reckon there's something in that um it's probably already something in the works i know there's a browser game that's sort of similar that you can play. I think it might only be red light, green light, but it's all set in the Squid Game universe. But I I reckon, yeah, there's a lot of extra bits that you could add into that and potentially, you know, go undercover as one of the one of the guards with the, the red mm. suit and the mask and, you know, go around and, and actually take on the role of guard where you're out there executing the players for failing at their tasks and stuff. Yeah, I don't mm. know. It uh, would certainly be uh, interesting. Um, it wouldn't oh, be rated G. No, certainly not. Sure. Be uh, you'd, you'd want it to be a, an R rating on that one for sure. Well, uh, on that note, that's about all we've got time for this week on the Descending Gamer podcast. Um, as always, I'd like to thank my co-hosts, Simon Steely McLaughlin. Thank you. Oh, that is my name. And thank you, JB, for for all of your insight, your wisdom, your care, your love, and also for just um being here, just being where you are right now, just for the for the life that you've created for yourself. Oh uh, my god. My sister and the whole family. <laughs> I just love you and um thanks for having me on the show. It's all fake news. It's phony stuff. <laughs> it didn't happen. <laughs> thanks, Simone. <laughs> Uh, also, thank you, Casey, C-Mac, Pistol, Pete, uh, McLaughlin. Thank you very, very much for being on the show. Oh, I was waiting for it. Thanks, Joel. I don't have a big speech. Nothing from the heart <laughs> from her. No heart. No, just... Bloody cars <laughs> into the ass. <laughs> <laughs> and last but not least, Fergus, Fergamon Hamilton, thank you for joining us even in your state of, uh, you know, ill health. 
Uh, it's always a pleasure, mate. Happy to do it. Well, on that note, <laughs> if you want to reach out to us, you can get in contact with us on all of the socials uh, in all the usual places, and we'll bloody see you next week. Yeah, all Bye. the usual places, dark alleyways, <laughs> uh, back the back of the gym. Just every, just share a bit of your love, everyone. Just say something lovely to the persons you love, just like I did tonight, and like nobody else did. <laughs> okay, just do it. Your face is wrong, bitch. <laughs>